Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I am Jay Thomas, and we are finally back. It's been a few weeks. It's been a very busy time, work-wise, health-wise. Uh, I haven't been able to record for a while, but I've been watching movies, lots and lots of movies. There were a few Blu-ray and 4K sales going on in the last couple months, and everything finally came in, so I've been trying to catch up on a bunch of things. So this week, we're going to talk about six different movies that I got all at once in a Criterion bundle from the Criterion Collection uh, Barnes and Noble was doing a 50% off sale Their Criterion Blu-rays and 4Ks are usually fairly expensive because they look really good the remaster's great, usually a lot of special features on them and uh, they're just they're well made and they're usually very very good movies so I kind of went crazy and bought six movies that I've been wanting to see or I thought they look neat, um, maybe I just heard about them recently and so I, I got these movies and I watched them and they're all very, very different. And luckily, I liked most of them. There's one I didn't really care for, but we're going to talk about Hopscotch, Thief, Being There, Lost in America, Seconds, and Clute. And we're going to kick things off with a movie from 1980 starring Walter Matthau and directed by Ronald Neem. It is Hopscotch. So with Hopscotch, uh, Walter Matthau plays a grounded uh, CIA agent. He's been grounded with a desk job that uh, he doesn't want. He hates his uh, superiors. And so he decides, well, I'm just going to retire. And uh, the main idea is he writes a tell-all memoir that uh, is said to basically embarrass everybody. And what he does is, because like, he's like, he's like basically like a James Bond, but a kind of a slobby, not quite suave James Bond. He knows everybody. He knows spies from Russia. He knows people from all over. And he's actually kind of friends with a Russian guy, and that's why his boss is like, nope, we're not going to do this. Uh, his boss that he hates, by the way, is played by Ned Beatty uh, in a great part. I, I haven't seen Ned Beatty in much where he is a bad guy. And he is, I mean, he's not bad in this, but he's definitely not likable. And usually he's a, he's a nice guy in most things. Uh, even in Superman, when he's Lex Luthor's, you know, henchman. Uh, this movie also stars Glenda Jackson as uh, Walter Matthau's love interest, Isabel, which which was weird. She plays, I think, either a former spy or a wife of a former spy, and uh, he meets up with her, and that's when he first retires. Then he decides, you know what? I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a tell-all. I'm going to tell secrets about how bumbling idiots work in the CIA and the FBI, basically every form of intelligence he's going to write about, even about himself. And he's going to tell everybody everything. And what he does is he sends little pieces of like every, a little chapter here and there to the different organizations. And eventually he gets the U.S. after him and Russia after him. Uh, Sam Watterson is also in the movie. He plays Joe Cutter, who's Walter Matthau's like friend in the agency still. Like he's the younger guy, which is weird because I've never seen Sam Watterson as a young guy, he's always been old to me. He's been charged with like going after Walter Matthau, but he's he respects him and he thinks he's a good guy. And he's telling everybody like, look, he's going to be way ahead of you on this. Like you think he's here, he's going to be there. And it's a really fun like cat and mouse spy versus spy kind of movie. And Walter, there's Walter Matthau is so good in this. It's weird because you know, growing up, I knew him from Grumpy Old Men, and that was pretty much it. And over the last couple years. 
I've gotten to watch a lot of his stuff from the 70s and 80s, and it's weird to think of Walter Matthau as like a leading man, but I mean, he definitely was. There's a really weird, uncomfortable scene where he's sort of flirting with Glenda Jackson, and I mean, it's not a bad scene, it's just weird because it's Walter Matthau, and uh, I was watching it with my wife, Shauna, and she kept making puking noises because he was like, I think trying to be kind of seductive and flirty, and it's like, I don't, that's not why I want to see Walter Matthau. I don't really want to see Walter Matthau be flirty and, and seductive. But it was it was entertaining. It was a fun movie. It was the first one from the group that I watched. I, I recommend it. If you can find Hopscotch on TV or if it's uh, you buy it on Criterion, it, it was, it's really enjoyable. It's a really fun kind of a chase movie. And there's some really fun moments that actually there's a few times in the movie that things sort of remind me of Home Alone, which is really weird. But there's a couple times he, he sets up uh, his old boss, Ned Beatty, in very Home Alone type scenes like with the he uses fireworks and uh, music to make guys think that he's in a place where he's not sort of like how Kevin does with the burglars and it's and there was another I can't remember what the other moment is because it's been a little bit since I've watched this but there's a couple times I was like this is very home alone what the hell but it was fun it's good check it out hopscotch Walter Matthau it's good stuff and his relationship with Sam Watterson is really fun in it too Ned Beatty's just such a piece of in it, and that's really fun. So check it out. The next movie I watched uh, was Thief, starring James Caan. This one from 1981, and it was directed by Michael Mann, who, man, I, no pun intended there. Uh, he's done a lot of good things, including, you know, Collateral, Manhunter. Uh, he did Miami Vice back in the day. And Thief is about an ace safe cracker who wants to do one last big heist. You know, that old story. Uh, he's going to do it for the mob before he goes straight. And I think we all kind of know where that one last big heist storyline goes. Um, I remember listening to Scott Kahn, James Kahn's son, on I think it was Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, and he was talking about how this is, is the favorite movie of his dad's. And I was listening to that, and then I believe it was the 80s All Over podcast where they also were talking about it. It sounded great, and I wanted to see it, and it was I think it was on Tubi, but I'm like, I don't really want to deal with commercials. And then I saw that it was a Criterion film, and I was like, oh, well, then it's got a great remaster, and then all of a sudden the sale comes up. I'm like, yes, let's do this. Uh, the movie also stars Tuesday Well as Jesse. Uh, Willie Nelson is in a, a brief but kind of important role. He, uh, he plays sort of the mentor of James Caan's character. Jim Belushi's also in it. Uh, a really young Jim Belushi, Dennis Farina, and Robert Prosky is uh, Leo, who's the head of the mob. Uh, he was in, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire. He was in Broadcast News, Last Action Hero, just a ton of stuff. He's one of those guys that's just in everything, and you'd know him the second you saw him. And I like this one. I do want to watch this one again because I watched it kind of late at night. Uh, I was just like, oh, I want to watch a movie just because I can stay up late. <laughs> because I have the mentality of, like, a middle school kid. And so I did watch it. I did get kind of tired, but I did really enjoy it. Like, the music has got this nice, like, synth 80s score, and uh, I really like James Conn's performance. Like, I I honestly haven't seen a ton of James Conn's movies. Obviously, I've seen Godfather, and, you know, he's great in that, and I think most younger people know him from Elf uh, being the dad in that. But uh, he meets this woman, uh, played by Tuesday Wells, Weld, and, you know, he wants to do this one last thing. And he said when he was in prison, he shows her this, like, picture uh, that he's made, this collage of what he wants his life to be. And he just picks her. He's like, I want you to be, you know, the woman that does all this stuff with me. And uh, through the course of the movie, you know, you see what he does. And he's very professional about it. It's very like, okay, this is your job. This is your job. This is how we're going to do it. And 
it's just I I really liked it. It's got a nice mood to it, and it's very like eighties, but not you know super eighties. I guess if that makes any sense. Um, and again, Robert Prosky, who usually is a good guy, like he seems nice, but you know he's gonna you know he's gonna be bad. It's kind of fun to watch him as a bad guy and kind of see how it plays out in the end because he's not dumb. Like he's really smart too, and it's just I liked the way the movie kind of wraps up but it's it's one of those things where you know they do the job things of course don't go according to plan the job gets done but there's quite a price that gets paid uh james con has to deal with it and he can be pretty scary when he wants to be uh but that was that, that was a good one i i enjoyed watching uh thief and I, i'm definitely going to give it a, a rewatch because uh it i think it kind of deserves it and i was I was paying attention to it, but there were times when I kept looking at my phone. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, watch the movie. This is what you've wanted to watch, and it's very good, and you also paid for it. So you need to, you need to watch it. But check it out. I believe it is streaming now on the Criterion channel uh, if you don't want to actually get it. And I, which, by the way, I highly recommend their Criterion channel. There's so many good b- movies on there that I've watched. I was only going to get it for like a month when I was really into my uh, Michelle Yeoh phase, of, and they had all of her, not all of her movies, but a lot of them. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go through these, which I think I landed up watching like two or three. But I, I, I started watching other things, and it's been months now since I've had it. And my plan was like, well, I'm just going to keep it for the first, I don't remember if it was the first week or the first month, and then I'm going to get rid of it. Nope, still got it. Um, Thief is also playing on Pluto as well, which is a free service. But I do recommend the, the Blu-ray because it, it looks really good. And I know I'm going to kick myself when this ends up being out on 4K because I bet it's going to look great and sound really good. Another movie that I watched that, again, is totally different than this. These, all these, None of these movies are alike in any way, and I think that was really fun. And, and the other reason I liked this stack of movies was because they were all new to me, and I'd never seen one of them. And that's a gamble, and I do that a lot with the movies that I buy. Like, I don't always see these movies ahead of time, especially with Vinegar Syndrome, because I haven't heard of half those movies. And with this, like, I trusted a lot of the directors that were on there. I, I knew the actors were good or there were movies that I wanted to get into of certain actors. And so I was like, well, let's go for it. Let's do it. And uh, sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. And in that case, I'll get to the movie Clute. Uh, Clute is a movie starring Jane Fonda and Donald Sutherland. It's kind of fun to see Donald Sutherland in something where he's younger because usually I, I've always seen him old. And I think he's like... 36 in this movie and Jane Fonda I haven't honestly seen a lot of her early movies I love Barbarella I think that movie is ridiculous and silly and fun and you should definitely check that out Uh, but Clute was uh, from 1971 it's about a small town detective searching for a missing man and he has only one lead a connection with a New York prostitute played by Jane Fonda and I thought this looked really good Uh, it's a kind of a dark mystery movie and Jane Fonda won an Oscar for this movie um, so I was like, oh, this can't go wrong with this one. Uh, for me, it did. Um, I was really bummed out because I wanted to like this movie a lot. And I liked some stuff. I kind of liked the, uh, like how it looks like it's, it, the cinematography is kind of good. There's a lot of shadows, a lot of darkness in it. And I thought that was kind of neat, but f- this movie was boring. I, I fell asleep the first time I watched it. And I chalked that up to the fact that I had just watched it after work. And I had been up since like four in the morning and that shame on me. You know, I shouldn't watch a movie that I know is almost two hours and it's from the early seventies and it's just like a serious movie. Why am I watching that right after I get off work? That's just stupid. A couple days later, I gave it another try and I watched the whole thing. I got through it and it was just boring. 
And there's a couple fight, like there's a couple creepy moments that I, I was like, oh, that's that's kind of messed up. And it didn't click with me, and I don't I don't really know why. And I, I was really surprised when I found out Jane Fonda won an Oscar for it because I really didn't. I mean, I didn't think her performance was that great. There's moments that are okay, but I don't know. Maybe it was just that it was just so boring. Like I just lost interest in it twice. This is one where the rewatch didn't really do much. I mean, it was half a rewatch. First hour I saw. Second half was new to me, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't connect with this one. And I, I, I really wanted to, but hey, if you've ever been interested in checking out an early Donald Sutherland and an Oscar-winning Jane Fonda, I guess this is one to check out, but I, it didn't do anything for me. I'm always bummed when stuff like that happens, because I was really looking forward to it. I'm like, ooh, I bet this is going to be good. And then I'm watching, I'm like, this is almost over. Like, I checked how long it was a lot. That's never a good thing. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to do that. Let's move on. I don't like to talk negatively for too long about movies because it's very subjective. It's probably just me. Actually, it's not. I did talk to somebody else that uh, also doesn't like it either, and they said they watched it in like film classes. I'm like, what? Why? Uh, another movie. This was a. Uh, I I don't remember which video I saw that made me want to watch this. Criterion on their YouTube page has a, a fun thing where they talk to you know entertainment people, whether it's actors or directors or um, writers sometimes musicians, uh, they put them in, a, in their movie closet and they get to pick out whatever movies they want. And a couple people picked the movie Seconds, which is a John Frankenheimer movie from 1966. And it is starring Rock Hudson, Frank Campanella, uh, John Randolph, who was Clark Griswold's dad. That's how I that's how I know him. I'm sure he's done a, a bunch of better things than Christmas Vacation, but that's the thing that you know got me. Uh, Francis Reed plays Emily and this is a movie about an unhappy middle-aged banker who agrees to do a procedure that will fake his death and give him a completely new look and identity, one that comes with its own price. And this movie is basically a nearly two-hour Twilight Zone episode. If you like the Twilight Zone, like the old Twilight Zone, uh, I I recommend this movie like a lot. I need to watch it again. There was a couple times I, uh, again, got distracted and didn't. Uh, I got a little <laughs> lost at times. But I really did enjoy it because it kind of, like, it reminded me of a, I was going to say a mix between Twilight Zone and Get Out, but I even say Get Out reminds me of, like, a modern Twilight Zone. It's weird. Like, the the guy, he doesn't think he's good enough for his family anymore. I believe he just has a wife and a daughter, and that is uh, John Randolph's character. And he wants to do this procedure that will change him to someone else. And he's being followed in the very beginning. It's a very tense scene at a train station where this man is following him around and uh, it, he gets a message that it's, it's from an old friend of his who is supposedly dead and turns out he's just had this procedure that's basically made him a new person and it's weird because Rock, this guy becomes Rock Hudson who's a much younger man and he's just younger, it, like that part didn't really make a lot of sense, like he's not younger you couldn't make him look that much like a completely different person but it sort of reminded me of the way Get Out, you know, is revealed. If you've never seen Get Out, I suppose don't listen right now. Maybe fast forward like 20 seconds or something. But, you know, in Get Out when, you know, it's revealed that the uh, the white people's, you know, mind goes into uh, the black person's body and they basically take over. Like it kind of reminds me of that, of like if you got to see it and because he kind of starts to freak out after a while like what have I done like why did I do this this was, this was a mistake there's a really good scene where where you kind of know this is going to happen where 
he's going to go and, and talk to his, he wants to go meet his wife and, you know, just kind of see how his family's doing without him. Cause he always assumed it's going to be, you know, a lot better, but it's an interesting movie. It's, it's, I, I was very kind of glued to it. it. It was really neat. And, and again, I'm a big fan of Twilight Zone and this definitely felt like a Twilight Zone episode, uh, but it never, it never felt too long. Uh, I was like, what is going on? What is going to happen with this? But I, I recommend this one seconds by John Frankenheimer, Rock Hudson, John Randolph. It's a very uh, interesting movie. And I was just kind of glued the whole way. Oh, I completely forgot. Murray Hamilton uh, plays his old friend, Charlie, who is, Murray Hamilton is the mayor from Jaws, which I've never really seen that guy in a whole lot of other things that weren't Jaws in the Jaws franchise. And so that was kind of fun to see him pop up. He's not in it very long. He's only in, I think, a couple scenes and he doesn't even really do much, but I saw him and I was like, ah, oh, it's the mayor from Jaws, which is never a bad thing. That always makes me happy. But Seconds is a very cool movie. Uh, check it out. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I think it's it, you can rent it on like iTunes and Prime, I think. I don't think it's on the Criterion channel as of right now, but uh, it, definitely if it is and you have it, check it out because it's really good. Uh, Lost in America. Lost in America, which came out in 1985. And it is uh, directed, written, and starring Albert Brooks. And Julie Haggerty's also in it, uh, which is always fun to see her in things. I think the last time I talked about her was in uh, A Christmas Story Christmas. Is that what that one was called, the new one? She played the mom, but she's probably best known for being an airplane. Uh, Lost in, a, in America is basically uh, Julie Haggerty and Albert Brooks are married. And he's just as neurotic as he was in like every movie he's in basically and he's up for this big promotion and he doesn't get it and I love the scene where he doesn't get the promotion and he's talking to his boss is hilarious like I both Shauna and I were laughing really hard at at that scene the whole beginning of this movie is really good and his wife is kind of stuck in her job but she doesn't really realize that she hates her job Um, and he can he can keep his job but he doesn't get the promotion, and that's all he wants. And he's going to get moved to, I think, New York is where he's supposed to go. And he just ha- has a complete meltdown, and it was really, really funny. And he decides, you know what? We're gonna, we're just gonna get a an RV. We're gonna get a big trailer, and we're just gonna drive. We're just gonna go. We're gonna get all of our money. We're gonna sell our house. They just bought a new house in the very beginning, and it's really funny because the, the movie opens where they're going through this house that's clearly packed up. And they're ready to move. And he's, they're laying in bed talking, which I always like those scenes because it's just, it's so real. And he, he's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't move. It's like, well, they're, they're literally moving in like days. Their house is completely packed up. And that's just, I love that character that Albert Brooks just plays, which I don't know if it's actually him or just something he really knows how to do, but uh, it's, it's pretty hilarious. But they, their first stop is Las Vegas and things definitely take a turn at that moment. And then, um, I liked the the first half of this movie and then it kind of stalls for me in the second half. Like once they get to Vegas and the problem comes up that comes up, uh, I was still with it, but then they're kind of stay in that one kind of spot. I mean, they move a little bit, but I figured this was going to be like a road trip movie all over America. You know, it's called lost in America. I thought that's what the movie was going to kind of be, but it's really not. They only get to like maybe a couple different locations and then they're sort of forced to stop. I didn't really care for it that much at that point. Like I, I kind of got tired of both of the characters because they're kind of just terrible. And 
I'm I I might like it better watching it again because I tend to like Albert Brooks's movies quite a bit, and I really like I said I like the first half, but I it, it wasn't what I was expecting. And again, I've said this time and time again on this podcast. If your your complaint about a movie is that it wasn't what you thought it was going to be, that's not the movie's fault. That's your fault. So you should probably if if you liked some of it, I mean you should it, you deserve to give it another try. Like give it another shot and see what happens. So maybe I, I'd like the movie more. I again I would say. Maybe out of like five stars, I'd maybe give it like three. I I liked it, but I mean, I didn't I didn't love it like I was hoping. I liked uh, Modern Romance a whole lot more, and Real Life, which is another one of his films that I really enjoyed. Um, that was another one that I watched in the last like month that I've had a chance to talk about. But Lost America was it was okay. It, it was it was fine. And the last movie that I'm going to talk about, I think this was on God, whose episode of the Closet Picks was it? Michael Shannon. Uh, he talked about the movie Being There from 1979, star, uh, directed by Hal Ashby and starring Peter Sellers and Shirley MacLaine. He was just talking about what a just a great movie it is, and you can watch it anytime. And I, I don't think I had ever heard of it before. And I know of Peter Sellers from, uh, you know, The Pink Panther, and I know he was in Doctor Strangelove, which is a movie I hadn't seen until just recently. In fact, I watched it, I think, the day before I watched Being There. Um for the first time. And so I kind of ended up doing a, like a Peter Sellers double feature and you, I, you, I don't think you can go wrong with it. He is great. And, and everything that I watched, which was like Dr. Strange love in this, uh, he's so good. I mean, he plays three different characters in Dr. Strange love. And then just the, the one main character chance in, uh, this film. And this is about, um, a, a man who has lived his entire life, uh, with his employer, and after the death of his employer, forces him out of the only home that he's ever known. A simple-minded, sheltered gardener becomes an unlikely trusted advisor to a powerful tycoon and an insider in Washington politics. And I was explaining this movie to Shauna because I was about halfway in, and I was like, you know, he's he's a really, he's just a really nice, um, very happy, optimistic, simple character, simple man. And I just kept saying simple. I'm like, what am I trying to say here? What is the deal? And then I, I, I was, uh, I kept thinking like, this movie sort of reminds me of Forrest Gump in a way, but like, not as kind of um, heavy-handed, I guess, or as you know, what could maybe be a little offensive here and there. Uh, and then it, there was times that I was like, oh, it's sort of like Rain Man. And then I, I was watching or reading a thing about the movie, and somebody mentioned how you know they don't outright say it, but the character uh, definitely seems to be autistic in in some way and i was like oh that's 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 what it is like that that totally made sense uh and you know watching it from that lens like it's one of those things where like it's it's all in peter seller's performance of this character and all he wants to do is watch tv like nonstop, that's all he's interested in doing and it's weird like in the beginning because the only the only person he ever knows is a maid and she cooks for him and he takes care of the garden of this uh, his employer, who he said he's lived in the house, all that's all he can remember. He doesn't, he's never been in a car. He's basically never left the house, which is weird. And I was like, what is going on here? What, 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 who is this employer? Um, and he wears the employer's old clothes when he's done with them. And it's this big, rich man. And the second he leaves the house, when lawyers show up and kind of explain, like, no, I've always lived here. And he's just, he's just a nice, soft spoken person. And his performance is really, really good. And when he leaves, they play the 2001 music, but like a jazzed up version of it. And it's just a dump outside of 
this mansion, this like big house that he's lived in forever. And it's in Washington, but it's sort of like in a slum area. And it's funny because he's this guy that looks like he's this, you know, well-to-do man with these nice clothes and an umbrella and a big suitcase. I mean, he sort of looks like a butler in a way, but he just, like the first like 10, 15 minutes uh, after he leaves is just him wandering around. And then eventually while he's watching TV, he doesn't know, he, doesn't, he has no idea where to go. He doesn't know how to cook for himself. He's never been in a car. Uh, he gets backed into uh, and gets sandwiched between two cars by uh, Shirley MacLaine and uh, her driver. And she's the wife of this big, you know, powerful tycoon who's, again, older, and he's very sick and kind of dying. And Peter Sellers ends up at their place while he's hurt through like the things that he says where he's talking about gardening and he says who he is for some reason they take it like it's much more serious and he's all these things he's saying which are just very you know just he's really like literally talking about garden and watching things grow they're thinking they're these big metaphors for like business because he looks like he's a businessman and he just ends up almost making it to the white house um, the president gets involved, and it, he's definitely being positioned to potentially be the president at some point, maybe in the future after the movie's over. And I just found this movie very, very charming, and it was fun, and I was smiling most of the time. And I I think I have a weird crush on Shirley MacLaine in her 40s, which I wasn't expecting that. Uh, Jack Warden, who I always think of him as the grandpa from the Problem Child movies, he is he plays the president who is skeptical of this man, Chance. And uh, Melvin Douglas, who I believe won quite a few awards for playing Benjamin Rand, who's the who's Shirley MacLaine's husband in this, uh, he it, it just becomes best friends with this guy. And uh, I really liked their friendship. It, it Again, it's funny how everything that he says gets taken in a completely different direction. Like he's literally there's so many times he tells people, I just want to watch TV. And somebody asks him, uh, you know, what papers do you read when they think that he's this big genius and he's like I do not read the papers I only watch TV which I thought that line was hilarious because I'm like that's me that's what this guy does and I I can't wait to watch it again I really enjoyed being there a lot and uh you know not a Criterion movie but I I like I said I watched Dr. Strangelove for the very first time and I thought Peter Sellers was amazing in that I have seen the Pink Panther I remember not really liking it at the time but I, I wonder if I wasn't really in the mood to watch it so I'm planning on watching that again but uh, I, yeah, it was a fun accidental double feature of, of Peter Sellers. But uh, being there is great. Uh, I highly recommend that. Uh, it's a little over two hours, but it doesn't really. I never got bored watching it. I just enjoyed his his performance is so so good. And I believe being there is his last movie uh, before he died. And uh, I I'm so bummed that I'm just now, you know, getting to watch his movies and see just how good he really was because. I can't wait to watch them all again. Um, but being there is a definitely a great a great movie to check out, and it's definitely the one I wanted to close on. It's probably my favorite out of the the group the, of movies that I did have. Um, I'd say being there and Hopscotch were probably my favorite out of, out of this group. But I got a lot of other movies to talk about, and those will be coming up very soon. There's also all those movies in the theater right now. Jesus, we got Mission Impossible, 
Oppenheimer, Barbie, Ninja Turtles is coming out next week. I still haven't seen Spider-Man, which I think comes out very soon digitally, but I would have loved to see in the theater. Uh, I want to see all of these movies in the theater. I just haven't had time to do it. Again, I'm, I I was in the hospital twice in the last month, which is ridiculous. I'm fine, by the way. Thanks for asking. But hopefully now things can get back on a, a regular schedule and I can put out more episodes. But uh, yeah, definitely check these movies out. I, there, I, there wasn't, other than Clute, I picked six movies that, for the most part, I really enjoyed. Five out of six, that's pretty good. Because a lot of times I'll get these big bundles and I'm like, ah, oh, I only liked one of them. I'm not going to tell my wife because I spent way too much money on them. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.